Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day on this Sunday, June 18th. I hope you're able to spend some time or call your dad today to wish him a happy Father's Day. Um, And I know that the best part is that we just have a Heavenly Father that loves and cares for us um, just so, so much. And um, that celebrates and loves us every day and not just today. Well, the last three weeks, and for this total of five weeks, we're going through a sermon series called Bless, as we look at how to bless others using that that B-L-E-S-S acronym. And today we get to look at the E, which is Eat Together. And so to start, I just want to share a little story about a date that I went on a few years ago. Now, I was introduced to this guy from a couple of mutual friends, and it took us a while to connect on the phone, but we finally were able to connect on the phone and, and scheduled a date, and we actually went on our first date on a, on a Tuesday. Well, he picked me up, and the very first surprise that I had for me was that his car was cleaner than mine. I was shocked, but also pretty impressed, so, so far, so good on the date. Well, then he takes me out to dinner and we eat at a local you know, burger place next to where I lived. And he was polite and I got to order first and I ordered something like, you know, really perfect for a date, a bacon cheeseburger and fries or something like that. And then he goes and he orders chicken fingers. Felt like a little bit like our orders were reversed, but I like to eat, so I still think we're, we're okay. But then our food arrives and he barely eats anything. And so most of our time together, I'm trying to pace myself and not eat my entire plate because I am hungry. Meanwhile, he's just sitting there and only taking two or three bites of his whole entire meal. I literally had to stop eating and try to pace myself to make sure I didn't out eat or and clean off my entire plate. When it turns out though, and as I later learned, he was just so intent on getting to know me that he wasn't interested in his food that night. And I can tell you now though, that he has no problem finishing his plate Um, because this date was back with Jason in 2011 um, and six months after we went out to eat at that restaurant on our first date we were engaged at the same location. But if you think about it we mark a lot of important events by eating together like birthdays, weddings, funerals, family dinner, just time with friends and even those fun and awkward first dates. God has created us as people so that eating together is just woven into who we are. So when we begin thinking about sharing Jesus with others as we're going through this blessed sermon series, what could be more natural than eating together? If we think about it, many of Jesus's most significant interactions with people involve some kind of eating. So it's clear that Jesus himself also loved to eat. Maybe not bacon cheeseburgers like myself, but he enjoyed eating. Well, we've been spending again these last few weeks going through this series as we're looking how to bless others and bless our world Through this acronym of B, begin with prayer. L, listen with care. E is what we'll do this week, eat together. And then in the coming weeks, we'll look at what it means to serve with love. And then finally, to share our story about how Jesus is transforming not only our lives, but the lives around the world. Now, our goal in joining together to bless others is to join with the Holy Spirit and to tell people about Jesus. So today we're going to continue to look at that with the, gospel, with the story from the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus responds to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and goes to eat with someone very unexpected. So let's go ahead and read from Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Now Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. 
but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here, I now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. I love that in this passage, we can still see the Holy Spirit at work, drawing different people to Jesus across all these boundaries of difference just like Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Now, although, although Zacchaeus was Jewish, like Jesus and the disciples, he was also radically different in some very obvious and notable ways. First off, everyone in town would have known him, and almost everyone in town would have also disliked him. He was a chief tax collector, so he was the head of all the tax collectors. And if you've watched The Chosen, you saw and you can see how much people didn't like Matthew when he was a tax collector before he became a follower of Jesus. And so even more so, they would have disliked the man like Zacchaeus. Now, as a chief tax collector as well, he was one of the people who was taking money from the local Israelites and giving it to the occupying Roman governors. And he was very, very wealthy. And this was most likely because he had multiple, not just one, but multiple streams of income. He got paid from the Romans for doing the job as, as a tax collector, but he was also receiving money from tax collectors underneath him, and then whatever extras he could skim off the top from people before he gave to Rome. He would be one of the last people you would expect to have an honest conversation with Jesus. Now, if we think about our own communities, not just our friend groups, really not even our friend groups at all, but our larger community around us, what types of people would you least expect to see Jesus? When I think of my community, I think of all the families I interact with when I drop off kids at soccer or at dance, the people I rub shoulders with when I'm at Walmart or Hy-Vee doing my grocery shopping, the families I meet at the park. I may never have a full conversation with these people, but they too are part of my community and they too are created in the image of God. And even more so, it's God wants them also to know the truth, for it was God that set eternity in the hearts of people, in all people. So just imagine the scene now from our scripture. This huge crowd has gathered to see Jesus, this exciting new teacher who's come to town. And then Zacchaeus comes, and the crowd either doesn't want him in or doesn't want him there because they either know him or he's easily recognizable as someone they shouldn't like because of his wealthy clothes. But nevertheless, Zacchaeus really, really wants to see Jesus. So what does he do? He decides to climb a tree. Now, grown adults typically don't climb trees. Why? It's just too plain hard. <laughs> we aren't as agile as we once were, and honestly, even if we get up there, it's uh, just as hard, if not harder, to get back down safely. And up until about a week ago, I had probably not climbed a tree in 20 years. However, Andrew spent some of his own money recently at Menards and bought a brand new light-up football. You can see where this is going, right? Well, he proceeds to tend to work on tossing his football up and over the tree with the goal of getting it to land on the other side. Now, while this worked a few times, at one point in time, it didn't, and it gets stuck in the middle of the top of the tree. So he tries to get up, but he's just not tall enough um, to get up into the tree to get that football. So then it's my turn. 
So I climb up there and while it was a little exhilarating feeling like a kid again and climbing a tree, it was also really pokey and stretching and quite scratchy. I was fortunately able to rescue the football and get got safely back down. But in biblical times, however, scholars have learned that it was considered undignified for a man to even run back in biblical times. So it's reasonable to assume that climbing a tree would be completely out of the question. Yet Zacchaeus is so determined to see Jesus that he does just this. You can imagine then Zacchaeus' surprise when Jesus not only acknowledges him by looking up into the tree, but he also walks over to the tree he's sitting in and effectively parts the crowd, looks up at him and calls him by name and says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Eating with someone was a statement, literally like a proclamation that Jesus was making, that you wanted to be associated with him, essentially saying that your lives were going to be woven together as friends. And the crowds knew this. And by Jesus doing this, they started to get a little nervous. How can Jesus be so great, this amazing new teacher, if he was willing to eat with this kind of individual, this outcast, this sinner? But because Jesus was so connected to the spirit, his father, that Jesus saw Zacchaeus' heart. He knew that Zacchaeus was ready to repent and orient his life towards God the Father. Again, Jesus knew this because he was intimately connected with the spirit by beginning in prayer, by listening to the spirit's promptings. What Jesus shows us, shows us is that if anyone is seeking after God, no matter who they are, we should too pray and then go and eat with them, to spend time with them, to listen to them. Sometimes though, I think we often feel strange or reluctant to share a, a meal with people that are not in our normal Christian circles. If you're all like me, sometimes I think that people that don't yet know Jesus should still act like I do. But I have to remember that if they have not experienced new life in Christ, then I can't expect them to act godly or in this holy manner that I expect them to. Let us work to be like Jesus and look for signs of people being open and hungry to know more about God. And sometimes this is hard for us to see, but we can pray for the Spirit to guide us to these people. Or at the very least, we can start by going and just eating with people outside our normal friendship circles. Perhaps with someone who follows a different religion, someone who's wealthy or poor, someone with a different color of skin, or even the tax collectors of our day. My sister Alyssa and her husband Bob run a ministry in Kansas City to help recent college grads continue to live into and grow in their faith post-college. And one of the young adults that they met this last year was a girl named Ashlyn. Now Ashlyn moved to Kansas City and got a job as a nanny for a family whose dad happens to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. But during her time at Manning, she began to feel compelled to share the gospel with them. She felt so connected with the Spirit that she could, she could sense that they were ready to hear the good news, just like Jesus could sense in Zacchaeus that his heart was ready to be changed. And so after she shared the gospel with them using an illustration from Romans 6.23, the dad said he wanted to learn more, and the mom prayed to receive Christ right then. Jesus offered hospitality to Zacchaeus by listening to the Spirit. And Ashlyn offered hospitality and truth to the family she nannied for by listening to the Spirit and responding when prompted. As Americans, though, I think we often think of hospitality as this quaint and pleasant practice. Now, one thing I enjoy doing, and I probably watch a little too many of them, but are some HD TV shows. 
And I often find myself watching House Hunters when I fold laundry late at night. Now, House Hunters is a show where a couple or a family is looking for a new home, so they take them to three different homes, and then they get to pick at the end of the show which house they're going to buy and move into. But as I've watched it, there's a common refrain I continue to hear over and over in these shows, and it's most always something to this effect, where they say, you know, we want a place where we can host our friends and family. We want to entertain our friends and family here. But it's as if hosting or entertaining, offering hospitality in our culture is only done with friends and family, those we know and those we love. And with hosting, then comes a sense of pride in our homes of boasting about our food and the things in our house or even that new house in general. But Christian hospitality has actually been completely subversive and countercultural since the very beginning. Throughout Christian, Christian hospitality and Christian history, this practice of hospitality has been a key to spiritual discipline. In Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, Jesus tells us that when we offer food to the hungry or drink to the thirsty, when we welcome in this stranger, we welcome Christ. This is a crucial text throughout our history and practice of Christian hospitality. Today, though, I think we too often confuse hospitality as this opportunity to proudly share our good food and show off our homes just with our friends and our family, just like those people do on the HGTV shows. But sharing meals across cultural boundaries and barriers, especially reaching out with the intention of sharing Christ, loving people like Christ loves us, the poor and the marginalized, this is what Christian hospitality actually is. A shared meal is an activity that is most closely tied even to this idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, what it should look like here on earth. It's the, really the most basic expression of hospitality. It's even Jesus who tells us that the kingdom of God is like a man who gives this great banquet. He has all this food. He invites all these people to come in and eat with him. Revelation 3.20 even tells us, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is ready to invite us all in to enjoy this great banquet in heaven, just like we should be opening our doors to this great banquet to share God's love with all those people around us. But are we listening to the Spirit when he's knocking on the door of our heart to let those people into our homes and our lives? Even at church, eating together during our service, ritualized in the Lord's Supper, continually reenacts the center of this gospel message as we remember the cost of our own welcoming into God's family with Christ's broken body and his shed blood, we also celebrate wonderfully this reconciliation and this renewed relationship available to us because of Christ's sacrifice and through his extension of hospitality to us. Christ brings the vastly different together. We go from sinner to saint in that meal together. This amazing transformation has already been done in all of our lives. Hospitality is not the same as entertainment. And it doesn't require these beautifully decorated rooms and fancy or elaborate meals. We can demonstrate Christ's welcome and hospitality through these simple and shared meals together, just like we do in the Lord's Supper. I also want to share about a term I recently learned called reverse hospitality. Now, it's the concept that gives others the opportunity to show us hospitality in order to bring them honor. So in Western culture, we typically honor guests by inviting them into our homes. But in most Eastern cultures, having guests in a one another's homes or in their homes is actually an honor for the hosts. So both types of hospitality are good, Western and Eastern hospitality. Now Jesus, is, Jesus even shows us both. He was a host. 
feeding the 5,000, offering the living water to the women at the well. But he also received hospitality from others. He honored Zacchaeus profoundly when he invited himself to his house, honoring the host. In this passage, Jesus is practicing reverse hospitality. He demonstrates honor to someone else and the desire for a meaningful relationship beyond the normal or the ethnic and cultural lines. We must embrace this posture like Jesus. We must not only learn to show hospitality, but we also must open ourselves up to receive hospitality. Both are expressions of honor and love, and we see Jesus model both. I love, though, that God continues to invite us into his work of hospitality today. One of my favorite passages is 2 Corinthians 5, and in verse 20 it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We get this incredible opportunity to join God in blessing across these boundaries of difference, of age, of class, ability, race, ethnicity, and more. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus today. But all of these differences have the potential to divide and become barriers for all of us. But they shouldn't be. We are actually the ones that set up those false falsehoods and false barriers. We set up establishing walls, set up walls establishing who's in and who's out, who's right and who's wrong on a certain decision, who deserves something and who does not. Just like Brian shared last week, as he was surveying the people in his community about what they were looking for in a church, and there was this longing in a sense that they were looking for a place where there were no insiders and no outsiders. In the story of Zacchaeus, the crowd objected to Jesus going to eat with the sinner. Verse 7 says, all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to, eat with the, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. It was true that Zacchaeus was a sinner and he knew that. But so was the crowd. They were just as lost and probably just didn't recognize it. Just like we too can be the ones that set up those false barriers, we push ourselves away from where God is asking us to be. Remember, the Son of Man came to seek and save the, not the holy, but the sinners. He came not for the healthy, but for the sick, those in need of a Savior. Jesus broke down that dividing wall that divides so many of us by his work on the cross. How sad it is when we put those walls back up that Jesus has already died to remove. He desires for all people to know God's love and to experience eternal life through him. Take a minute this week and just think and spend some time thinking where we put up those natural dividing walls. Maybe you didn't create them, but maybe you still live into them or still live within them. Who are the tax collectors in your society today? Who are the tax collectors in your own heart? Can you imagine eating with them? Jesus invites us to leap over the cultural barriers with Christ at our side and then sit down at a meal with the people who we might have a reason to avoid. Now, honestly, though, I think this is something, eating together, that our church does phenomenally well. Our missions team has embodied being the hands and feet, the ambassador of Christ, so well over these last two years, specifically to the refugee families that we've had the opportunity to help with. The commitment with them was to get a home ready for them to move into. That was it. But instead, they've not only helped set up the home, they've also helped them move, pray for them, pray over them, assist them with getting medical and other important things set up, helped them learn how to drive, help transport their kids when no transportation was available, and more. And they've also enjoyed just the simple pleasure of eating together. Specifically, I know that Carla Kunkel and April Michael have just gone above and beyond in loving these families so well. 
They have loved them like Jesus would have loved them, and they have eaten meals together to share this idea of hospitality and reverse hospitality with them. I know one thing that Carlo shared with me one time was the most interesting thing for her to get used to was eating with her hands and not with utensils. I know for me, I was surprised when they said how sweet and sugary all American food was, even things like my mashed potatoes. But when we eat with others, we invite them in, or when we practice reverse hospitality, we need to, we need to remember it's not about us. It's so important then to be a learner of other cultures and customs and to be willing to do something that may not feel normal for us. The more we understand these things up front, then the easier it is to enjoy eating together. To spend time learning so that way you know if it's appropriate to bring something or not, whether you can ask for seconds or not. To know if you should ask, if you can help them or if you should sit and wait. I know one of my good friends um, over the summer, what she does is she, she has a country they pick out on a weekly basis. And each week she goes with her kids and they either prepare a meal um, that would have been typical for that, that country or that culture, or they go out to dinner and experience that country and that culture's cuisine together so they can learn and be exposed to so many different things. And what a wonderful way that would be to teach our children that it's not just burgers and fries or chicken nuggets and fries. Well, I know even for me, I would go back home for years and I would eat with my parents um, and I would wrongly um, kind of relish getting to be a kid again and I would go eat and, and just enjoy food and let my mom do all the work. I didn't think about how I could have served her in a different way, that it might be inappropriate to sit and be waited on as an adult. It probably wasn't until I, was a, until I had kids of my own that I realized that this is not how she was expecting um, hospitality from me. Now, although she graciously served me for all those years, I should have offered to help. It's being aware of those norms and, and going beyond them and realizing it's not about us. Sometimes I also know though it can be overwhelming to eat with someone that has different customs than us. So much so because it, we're in fear that we might do something wrong or, or inappropriate that we're not, so we just give up and we just don't try. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Reverse hospitality and hospitality in general is just about honoring someone else, blessing them in a way that God will bless them. So it's about setting down our own desires and how our own norms of eating together and setting our expectations of how we show hospitality to the side and just not assuming what we do is normal. Remember, different is not wrong, it's just different. So we think back to our scripture today in the Gospel of Luke. What happened as a result of Jesus's decision to eat with Zacchaeus? The first and the greatest thing that happened was salvation. Zacchaeus became a believer in Jesus as the Messiah. He was also grateful and astonished and completely transformed because of Jesus's invitation. Jesus proclaimed in verse 19, today salvation has come to this house. Jesus's invitation was just beautifully holistic. It was both personal and communal. On one hand, there was that personal transformation of Zacchaeus. He repented, and he was utterly transformed by God's touch. He demonstrated his repentance by generously returning all that he would have taken in order to right the past wrongs that he'd done on the community. But on the other hand, the community was also influenced by Jesus' Jesus's decision to eat with Zacchaeus. They witnessed firsthand this unexpected invitation of Jesus and the widening of God's kingdom as a result. I can only imagine their heads just spinning as Jesus walks in to eat with Zacchaeus as this meal was taking place. Well, we already know that eating together is something that we all love to do, including Jesus. 
And if Jesus used eating together as a way to bring salvation and transformation, then we can too. We get to be Jesus' hands and feet today. And we get to listen to the Spirit and then eat together with those who are seeking God. So let us together recover this idea, this biblical idea of what Christian hospitality should look like, including to the poor and the marginalized. Let's practice this idea of reverse hospitality, bringing honor to someone else by allowing them to, to show us hospitality. And let us become cultural learners and discover how to bless others and to love them well as we seek to eat together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we near the end of our time together today, we thank you, though, that you just set it this beautiful example of eating together. We pray that you help us to reframe our ideas about hospitality, that you grow in us this ability to listen so well to the Holy Spirit, noticing where God is at work among our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and even our communities at large. We ask that you bring people to mind and put individuals in our path that we can eat and share with this week. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.